Hi, I'm Aaron and welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, where we explore, well, you guessed it, hip hop. I'll be interviewing the best artists in the game while also taking some time to appreciate some new and classic albums. Make sure you like and subscribe to the show and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for any upcoming news and guests. Also, don't forget to check out my new Patreon under Hip Hop Hustle that will give you exclusive content and help me keep the show running and getting better. All right, let's get into it. All right, welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I've got a fantastic, really interesting artist on the show, Von T. Uh, Von, your career is something of like, just something that uh, even I'm still getting my head around in terms of what you're doing, in terms of the journey that you're on and in terms of the things that you discuss. I mean, for yourself, how do you view where you're at in terms of, because you've got your music side and then obviously you've got a few other projects and a few other things that you're trying to educate people about, but how do you view yourself in terms of where you're currently sitting and where you're going? And. Uh, first, I want to like I want to thank the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man, for y'all having me on. You know, and uh, shout out to you know CEP TV, Vibration Frequencies, Symbiotic Music, and G Man, ENT Man for like helping um, get this get this to where it's at. Um, but really, like it's it's really been like it's been a wild ride. Like it it has really been a really wild ride from like where I saw this going when I kind of came into this to kind of where I'm at now, because I never really, I never really planned on being an activist, you know, and I can say this for the first time, you know, openly speaking out, you know, for the first time on the, on the hip hop hustle podcast. Like I, I never, I never planned on being an activist. Like I really just wanted to do what I felt like I wanted to do in my heart, which was make music and being, you know, being involved in entertainment in some, in some form of fashion. But, um, it's a it's a wild ride. Like I never I never I never saw it going this way. But um, I don't think anybody who has ever made change in this world has ever done it willingly. I think it's always just been bestowed upon them. So um, for me going through this, like I just hope that I can I can help. You know, what I'm saying other people not go through the same thing that I went through, and at the same time be able to just open people's minds spiritually and uh, and, uh, and really just. Um, just trying to just help other people be able to have an easier process than the process that I have. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I'm just interested to know the, the kind of story behind it. Cause I know you've spoken on it a few times. Um, you, you kind of talk about, you know, what you want to achieve, but I'm really interested in kind of the backstory into, you know, the events and kind of, you know, what, because it's about the military. For anyone who doesn't know, it's about the U.S. military. It's about, um, you know, discrimination in the military and, and certain policies yeah. that they have. But I'm interested to to learn about, like, how do you found out? Because I'm assuming you were in the military for a period of time, and then obviously all of this starts to get uncovered. Right. So I want to first I want to first start by uh, prefacing that I am still an active duty soldier. Uh, I've been in for 18 years. Uh, I'm still in the military. I haven't gotten out yet. Um, and when this whole thing kind of started, 
you know, I was still in the beginning stages of my mili- of, of my music career, per se, like as an artist. I had already done the research back in 2017 and decided this is what I wanted to do when I came out with my, um, when I actually created Symbiotic Music, which is my, my music label. Um, but I was already in the military when I started to create music. So it wasn't, it wasn't a problem uh, with the music. I had already actually released two tracks uh, while I was employed by the government, while I'm still employed by the government. And uh, in doing that, you know what I'm saying? I thought I was going to have a little bit more time to really just kind of let my music career kind of mature as I was already at the time at 15 years in. So I was like, OK, I seen kind of like where the gist goes with artists who are coming out. They have a couple of years on the grind knowing that I didn't start locally. I didn't start in any one specific hometown, my hometown or anything like that. I was like, I think that I got some time to let this thing kind of marinate with people and let me work. But when I dropped my third single uh, called Turn Off the Lights, that's when that's when that's when really stuff started to get real. I guess you could say, because that's that's when it kind of hit World Star when it hit World Star um, and it got over like a million views on World Star. That's when I really started to like feel the pressure and like the discrimination part uh, from the military. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, with that being said, like, uh, I decided to, like, stand up and fight back just because, like, I, I knew I knew in my heart, like, what I was doing, you know, wasn't infringing on anybody else's rights or anybody else's opinions. Like, it is my life. You know, I'm not talking about the military. I'm not hitting anything political. I'm not doing anything uh, that's unpatriotic. I'm not burning an American flag or talking about anything. It's not, it wasn't even filmed on post or anywhere near a military base. Uh, I wanted my musical career to really stand for itself. So when I do my music, you know, I don't, I don't, I, 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 I like don't talk about anything political. Uh, and I don't, you know, involve soldiers in my music videos. I don't, um shoot anywhere near post i don't do any of that just because like if the music community and the entertainment world was going to accept me i wanted them to accept me as an artist not as a military soldier artist you know what i'm saying so like i tried to separate the two but when the army brought the fight to me that's when i brought the fight back that's when i was like okay this is a bigger issue than just von t and symbiotic music and my stuff I think this is an issue that needs to be brought up to the world, not just America. I feel like it needs to be brought up to the world because this is an issue that hasn't been addressed. From my knowledge, it hasn't been addressed at the angle that I'm going at it at uh, because it's an issue. You know, we go, we got a lot of issues here in America, you know, and, and this is one of them. This is one of them. And I'm, I'm on the spear tip, you know, saying leading the fight on this fight to try to get, uh, this on the forefront of Congress in the United States. So, so I I have a couple of questions. The first is, you know, about why you joined the military to begin with, because I think a lot of people would ask that question. I've got uh, parent, uh, my my father was in the military, my grandfather was in the military, not in the U.S. or Australia, but overseas. Uh, I haven't been in the military just purely because. Like it's not a necessity for my life right now. And I always, my view on it is like, I can understand why 
people would go and fight for your country. I can understand it. Whether you agree or not with what the military actually does, because it's like made up of people who make decisions, but the act of, you know, protecting your country is actually quite selfless. It is in essence quite, it's not a selfish act, whether you agree or disagree with military is to me a different discussion, but like, I'm interested to know what motivated you to go. And like, obviously you're still active. You've been in the army for a long time. What keeps you still here? Right. So it's like, it's like this, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I was, I was really almost brainwashed. I guess you could say I was brain, almost brainwashed into believing what I thought was my version of the American dream, you know, wave your American flag, celebrate the holidays. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Take observance of the federal holidays and stuff like that. Like I was in high school uh, when 9-11 happened. And when the Twin Towers was struck, I was in English class. You know, I was in English class and I told myself, I'm going to give at least four years of my life back to the military that I felt like cared about my future and cared about my family and, and really paved the way for me to be able to go to school, high school, and, and be able to do what I'm doing today. So, so really, when I joined the military, it wasn't to, it wasn't, I wasn't drafted. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, I didn't have like bills to pay. I was in high school. You know, it wasn't an ultimatum. Like when I joined the military, like I legitimately joined the US Army because. I just really legitimately was angry about what happened in America. I wanted to give back at least four years of my life. And I really just wanted to serve. You know, when I joined, I was reserved. I was a reserve soldier. Uh, and then eventually when I went to college and I got my degree, you know, saying shout out to CSU, uh, I decided I wanted to, you know, go active duty. And I was, and, and for me, my dream of being an entertainer and being involved in the entertainment industry, I put on hold. I put on hold for 18 years for this country. Uh, I pursued that career. I did what I had to do. I served my country well. I deployed. You know, I got I got a lot of awards. I got a lot of accolades. I got a lot of friends. I've I met a lot of interesting people along the way. Uh, but yeah, when I joined, you know, it was it was literally on some selfless service uh, type of join. I, I didn't join to, to gain anything. I joined because I really wanted to give back. That's why I joined. So that's interesting to me because it feels like, you know, and there's a saying about military and it's old men make decisions and young men die. That's essentially military 101. And that, I think that's a really old quote. I think it's, I paraphrased it, but like, it's interesting to me that you say you were brainwashed because like talk me through through that because I remember watching 9/11 when it happened and I was still really young but because I can it still is obviously you know in the American identity it's in the US identity that was an event that really shaped the 21st century for most Americans I mean you look at the Afghanistan war, you look at the Iraq war, pretty much the entrance into the Middle East was spawned off 9-11. But how did you, how do you looking back feel that they, you know, started the brainwashing process or how did they start pushing that going to the military was the right move? It's, it's crazy because when I joined, when I joined the military, I joined on my own accord. 
I contacted the recruiter and told the recruiter that I was ready to join. For people who don't know, you know, 18 years of service, like I was an enlisted soldier first and then I was an officer. I had three different jobs while I was in the military. Okay, I was a I was a transportation soldier. All right, for people who don't know, that's called an 88 Mike. Then I transitioned over to chemical. I was a 35 Delta. And then I transitioned over to intelligence, which was a 74 Alpha. You know what I'm saying? So I, I jumped around in the military. Like I, I legitimately cared about it. So when I say brainwashed, it's like because everything that I thought that I was fighting for, everything that I thought that I believed in, we're, and we're talking Christmas, Thanksgiving, Halloween, all of these, all of these, all of these events that we have in this country. You know, I'm thinking, hey, we're American. You know, this is all for all of us. Like we are united. You know what I'm saying? But that is that wasn't the truth. Okay. And I and, and I take back to a point when I deployed, you know, to Iraq. I remember when I deployed, right? And then I remember being at the airport and there were civilians that was in the airport, you know what I'm saying? Mostly uh Caucasian, you know, mostly white, you know, and they were they had their they had their signs and everything telling telling all of us that you're going to die while you're over there. You're fighting a war that's not yours. You know what I'm saying? This, this isn't your war and all of this stuff like that. But at the same time, like I, I had my friends who are soldiers, who are veterans, people who have retired or have gotten out medically out of the military. You know, it's like, as long as I got them, like I'm good, I'm not going to pay attention to any of this because I think I feel like what I'm doing is right. And when I come back here, when I come back to America, you know, saying the fight for me to express myself as an individual, you know, I, I find myself on the on the fence again, because like the same stuff that we're trying to stop people from doing overseas. is still happening here in this country. It's still happening to people who are supposed to believe in what this is, what what this is supposed to be. And and that and that made me question everything that I fought for. You know, saying the last eighteen years that I had spent in the military, that made me question everything that I thought I knew about America, and I never thought that I would see that day, but I did. I saw that day when I started to go through it, and then my eyes became open, and then I realized, at least in my opinion that everything that I was fighting for was an absolute lie. This is not my dream. This is the dream for America, but this is not, this is not the dream that applies to everybody who lives in America. You know, after I came to terms with that, uh, I began to see this country for, uh, for what it really was and, and, and through a new lens, really. So why did you stay for so long? You said you only planned on staying for four years. But mm. what made you stay? What made you continue being in active duty? And you're, you're still active duty. And we'll get into, you know, what what you're actually fighting against at some point. But I'm interested to know why you stayed or are continuing to stay, even though you speak with a little bit of like, you, you can, you're like, I'm not happy with what's going on, but I'm still part of it. Yeah, like I'm, I'm going to tell you, I was sold. I was sold on the dream. I was sold on on everything. You know, I went to elementary, middle school, high school, college here. You know what I'm saying? I 
went, I didn't go to ROTC in high school, but I went to ROTC in college. Uh, I was sold. I was sold on what I believed what I was doing was right. You know what I'm saying? When I graduated high school, I didn't graduate with a college prep degree. Like I graduated high school with a bare minimum degree. I graduated with a vocational degree. I graduated being eligible to work in somebody's warehouse. Uh, but I took it upon myself to go back to school as a returning adult, to go back to school to get an, an official, you know, saying certified degree to be able to work and, and, earn an, and earn an honest living in America and be able to do what I do. Keep in mind, I've been in entertainment for a long time. I've been doing stuff behind the scenes for a long time, whether that be DJing and playing extras and movies and doing all of this. But when I decided to join the military and I joined as a reservist, I took it upon myself to put that in front of what I wanted to really do in the world, what I felt like was my calling because I believed in it that much. When I say I'm a soldier, like I am definitely a soldier soldier. Like I am, I'm not, I didn't join because I was trying to, you know, pay back loans or something like that. Like I really believed in what I was doing. So I, I always went to all of the, all of the schools and all of the training. I always went to all of the classes and all of the mandatory training in, in schools that they sent us to, you know, saying I made sure that everything was updated. I did everything. Uh, that the army could ask for. I mean, my record was like squeaky clean. I did everything that they ever asked me to do, but I always kept my my entertainment career in the back of my mind. But I put it on the back burner because I felt like what I was doing was 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 better and greater than what I personally wanted to do. And so I did that, and in doing that, you know, what I'm saying like I, I I went forward, kept going. Before you know it, four years turned into eight, eight years turned into 10, 10 years turned into 12. And before you know it, I got a whole career on my hands. And at the same time, I didn't want to really leave my entertainment career behind. So I kind of just dragged it along with me, you know, doing stuff behind scenes while I'm off, while I'm off duty, whether that be DJing or performing or recording and stuff like that. But never really, never really brought it to the forefront because I felt like, the country that I was serving was going to support whatever I wanted to do outside of the military when I get out. But when I hit 15 years, knowing that I only had five years left, and for people who's in the military, in the U.S. military anyway, they know that you only really technically get stationed somewhere, you know what I'm saying, for three years. That means that being 15 years in, that means that realistically I have like two, two more places that I'm going to go to figure this out. I'm at 15. OK, so that means that I got one more place that I'm going to go and then I got one more place that I'm going to go after that. And then after that, you're out, because whether or not people want to admit it or not, one day you got to hang the boots up and then you're going to have to try to figure out what you're going to do in America after you get out of the military. I started to think ahead because I knew I was already at 15 years. I had a great career, a great run, never been in trouble, everything like that. I was like, okay, 15 years in, I think it's time for me to start thinking about what I want to do outside of the military. And then it was like a light bulb clicked in my head. It's like, oh, wait, wait a second. I do entertainment. I've been always on the backside anyway, so I might as well go ahead and bring that to the forefront, start working on that now because I've already given 
15 of hard work earned years in the military, it's time for me to start setting myself up to take care of myself when I get out. And me knowing the way that the entertainment industry works, it takes a little time for you to get yourself out there. And it takes a little time for people to know who you are and really warm up to your style. I was like, okay, 15 years in, that's a, that's a great time for me to go ahead and start uh, making a name for myself. And when I did that, that's when I received the backlash and when I realized maybe I made a wrong decision. <laughs> so did you see active duty? Like, cause you were stationed in, in places. Did you, did you see like in terms of, cause people will ask for sure. I'm sure you get this question all the time, but did you actually, cause you said you were stationed, you went to Iraq, but did you see like active duty? When you say active duty, you mean like combat? Yeah. Yes. I did. Okay, I had individuals that I served with in 2006 and 7 die. Um, we had to send their information and things that they owned overseas back to their family um, because they were no longer with us. I'm going to tell you one story. I'm going to tell you one real quick. It's, it's like two minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I used to work like when I was in Mr. Soldier in Iraq. I used to work in the mail room. And soldiers who are familiar with how the mail room works, okay, people from the United States send stuff overseas to what we call an APO address. That's what the, that's overseas. It's like a hub where individuals, all the individuals who are overseas get their mail. People who are stateside have to send their stuff to an APO. APO is is pretty much like the equivalent of um, you know what I'm saying? The, uh, uh, where you would send stuff in America, but it comes to, a, a an area on post. There was a female who was cheating on her husband who was in my unit. She sent him his divorce papers. He was one of my friends and he went out on a mission with me and I still have his obituary upstairs. This man died overseas while we were serving on the same mission together. And she sent his divorce papers in the mail. And it was my job to forward the divorce papers back to him, back to her and tell her that, you know, your, um, your husband has passed away um, over here serving for his country. And, and keep in mind, like me and him used to have conversations every day. We used to talk and, and now he's, he's not here. He, he's not here for something that he doesn't even know what he's fighting for. And he's dead now. He's gone. He's never coming back. Uh, and I'm forced now to send these divorce papers back to you, not knowing what we're going through over here or what kind of emotional support he may need. And brother, now you wanted to break up with him or divorce him or not, it's my job to send these papers back to you with a follow-along letter uh, stating to you outside of the military contacting you and letting you know that your loved one passed away, that he is no longer with us. He's not here no more. You know, like, these are, these are, these are the stories that run around in my head, you know what I'm saying? When I'm sleep, when I'm thinking about the fight that I'm going through right now to do what I feel like is my uh, version of the American dream, 
Like these are the things that I dream about when I'm, when I'm asleep at night though. So how does that affect you? Because I like, I'm, I'm really interested in like the, the psyche because like of what war actually does to people, because, you know, I mean, I think we hear it a lot that, you know, veterans are not really supported that well post their stint overseas. And, you know, you, you talk about her, but I'm interested in you because obviously this person was your friend. This is someone that you talk to a lot. And then all of a sudden they're no longer with you. How do you continue to do what you've, you know, your station to do, but not affect you in a way that would affect, I would say 99% of people in, in such a profound way. I mean, you block it out. You, you really, you really do block it out because when I was overseas, like the only thing that I could think about was what I told my moms before I left. I told my mom, I'm come back home alive. I'm not going to come home in a body bag. I promise you that. And I realized like maybe at the time, like me telling my mother that I promise you that I won't come back in a body bag was, 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 <laughs> was really conducted on a hope and a dream because I can't control what happens to me over there. I got people who's aiming at me and trying to kill me who don't even know me. They're aimlessly aiming at where we're sleeping at and hoping that it kills somebody. So I, I, I really thank God, you know what I'm saying, that I'm here today to even have this conversation with you because uh, if I wasn't supposed to be here, guaranteed that when I was deployed uh, to enduring Iraqi freedom, like I, my, I, my life would not be here right now talking to you. Uh, and so, like with that said, like what it does to me, you know, like, I see a psychiatrist, I see a therapist, you know, I'm on medication. I, I take PTSD medication. Truth be told, you know, while we're sitting here typing this conversation right now, I'm kind of fucked up in the head. You know, that's cool though, because I made it benefit to my, uh, my advantage by being able to utilize some of the experiences that I've gone through in life to be able to drive uh, the power that I pull out of what I release into music. And so that's why, like, I feel like a lot of artists who are out today, yeah, they may have a story and they may have a background. Everybody does. Everybody has a background in the story. But I don't think anybody has a background in the story like this one right here. Like this one right here, this one right here is for the books. You know what I'm saying? And if I can stop somebody from going through what I'm going through, then I do it. Because like I tell all of my fans and I tell them on Instagram, in social media all the time, the only way that you're going to stop Von T from talking about what he's going to go through, they got to kill me. That's the only way that I'm going to stop doing this because like through and through in my heart, like I feel like still, even though like my, my vision of where I live at in this country is altered in my heart, like I still feel like I'm a soldier, man. And I feel like still I'm fighting for like a rightful cause. And I feel like that to me, is worth dying for. And I would do that gladly every day, all day, every day that I wake up. Well, I think, you know, it's good that you're making the most of what you've been through. And it's also from my perspective, really positive that you're open about, you know, that you are going and seeing psychologists and therapists, because I think men in particular don't, they think that they're invincible. They don't want to project that purely because they're scared of themselves looking weak and it's important, like in terms of mental health for us to be like, you know what, I do need support. I do need help. There are things that I've gone through that I need to talk about. So, I mean, that aside, that is really important. I'm glad that, you know, you are seeing people that'll 
support you because I mean, historically a lot of people and a lot of people say, um, you know, obviously this is secondhand, but that the military doesn't give enough support post trauma to really help you acclimatize back into life. Um, and I was listening to Tom Segura's podcast. He's a, he's a comedian. I'm not sure if you know him, but um, he, his dad was in Vietnam and he says that every day he thinks about the people he lost. And so that struck a chord with me because it's like, let alone the experience, but you lost friends. And so it's really good that you are, you know, getting support and, and still fighting your journey as well. I, I, I really do appreciate that. I just did a veteran special and it had a play that was kind of connected around uh, what you're talking about right now. You know what I'm saying? As far as veterans being looked out after uh, when they get out of the military. And this was on the Coomram report that's out of uh, California, uh, which individuals who are not aware is called Skid Row, you know, where there is a, there is a whole community uh, of veterans who have gotten out of the military, who served America honorably, who have ended up homeless. Uh, I was humbled and honored to be part of that platform as a special guest because of my situation and talking about um, how that ties into what I'm going through right now and, and, and pretty much, you know, how we can promote changes in America. And it was accompanied by a play by some, some actors and actresses who are well-known throughout uh, Hollywood. And it had a panel of veteran speakers uh, uh, hosted by uh, Melvin Ishmael out of uh, California. And they, they invited me on their platform to talk about that, uh, talk about that situation and my situation and tie into it. And you hit it right on the head. You know, you hit it right on the head. Like there, there is a lot of veterans out here in the United States uh, who have served uh, their country honorably uh, that are just not looked after. And 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 in in doing so, like like that platform gave me a chance to like show America what's going on. When I did do that interview, I did do it in uniform because I still am an active duty soldier, 03 captain. You know, but I wanted to show people this is where it starts. It starts with somebody just like me. And there's probably like a like, there's probably like hundreds of thousands of people who are in America who are going through the same situation that I'm going through. The only difference is, is that they have stuff to lose and they've been bullied into being silent. So they don't speak up. So they don't they let it go. You know, whether that whatever dream it is or from whatever culture I'm, or, or that they come from, you know, they've been bullied into keeping silent to keep their job. And for me, I just don't care about that. I care about what my name leaves on this earth before I leave it. And so for that being said, with me not being married and me not having no kids, I feel like history and the world has called upon me to be able to do what I'm doing today, sitting here with you, talking to you about this, this interview and uh, this interview and about my situation as openly as I am. And even that interview that I did on the 11th to let the world know that I'm sitting here and I'm standing with America and the world to let everybody know that it's about, it's about uh, unity and it's about being able to being able to express yourself freely under the first amendments in America where we live at today. Yeah, I think that 
you know, the the whole message is, you know, support one another. Whether you agree or disagree, I think it's important to support people in general. I think that's that's what like that's what I see is that people get lost in like their own view of different perspectives and like the military particularly, but like at the end of the day, you know, everyone's a person, everyone deserves to be, you know, looked after. And it's weird to me that, you know, the military is such a, it's an organization essentially that believes in pride, trust, and, you know, protecting their own, that they would cast their own aside so quickly. And that you have this problem where, and, you know, I've heard it all over that, you know, there are a lot of veterans who end up homeless because they don't have the support. And so that message of unity is really important. Like whether you like it or not, they got to be reintegrated into society. Otherwise, you know, you just leave people out in the cold, but let's before, cause I feel like we can have like a 10 hour podcast and I'm wary of taking up a lot of time. Maybe we'll have to do like a, a comeback where we can talk about other issues, but before we go, yeah too far down this rabbit hole. I'm going to keep asking you more questions. Um, But tell me about, you know, you release that track, World Star picks it up. You get a lot of, you know, recognition. People start, you know, seeing your name, seeing your face. What happens from there? So what happens is the story continues. Um, When the track released, my musical career never slowed down, even though the military punished me for it. Whatever's going, and that's one thing that I love about the world, right? So why like, did they punish you? What was so? I'm in. So why did they punish you? And what was so? What did they claim you did wrong? Absolutely, yeah. So I was charged with three charges. Three. I was charged with conduct unbecoming of an officer. Uh, which means that they said that I created something that was unpatriotic, okay? I was charged with disobeying a direct order to remove a music video off of the internet. And then I was charged with making money outside military proper approval. Now, out of those three charges that I got, they dropped one of them. They dropped the one that was making money outside proper approval. Why? They dropped that one because what I was doing was a hobby. I wasn't making money. Did it on my free time and I did it on my own time. And I did it outside of the military influence or using any military soldiers or anything like that. I did it hundreds of miles away from a military post just because I didn't want to have that part tied to my musical career because I wanted to speak for myself. However, the two charges that I did get stuck with was publicly appearing in a music video and bringing discredit upon myself in the U.S. military and disobeying a direct order to remove my music video off of the Internet. Now, I can dig into both of these in very great detail, but I'm going to run it down really, really quick style for you. Okay, publicly appearing in a music video that brought discredit upon the U.S. military and myself, I asked the question, how? It's hip-hop music. Hip-hop music was born in America. Hip-hop music was legitimately born in America. We are from here. Now, all the African-Americans and minorities and anybody who indulges in the culture are from America. So it's, it's, un, it's not, not unpatriotic. 
that's disclaimed, and then publicly appearing in the music video that brought discredit upon the U.S. military. I'm trying to figure out, like, what do we really project is really patriotic in this country because hip hop music is patriotic. I'm not I don't understand this music was born right here. Are you trying to just hide that from the American culture? Because I can tell you this for sure. Everybody who's on the military post and all the commercials and TV shows that are playing out here today, they play hip hop music in them. I can tell you that for sure. You know what I'm saying? So I know that's not right. You know, I had a lawyer and we bought it. We brought it to, we brought it to court. We brought it to, to the case, but she lost because she outranked them. I mean, they outranked her and they outranked me. Uh, so really it was a bias and pretty much like an overall abuse of power, you know, and then so how like, does, how does that work point. in the military then? So, right. so you get a, a, an appointed lawyer who then has to fight for you, but the people she's fighting outrank her and can essentially make decisions that she has no power like how does that work like what is the and how does it work in terms of the military court system like is it do they like how does that work do they charge you and then that's that or is it like innocent till proven guilty like what's the process in all of these parts okay so when a soldier gets in trouble in the military it's governed by a policy called Uniform Code of Military Justice. For soldiers who are watching your podcast, they know that that's called UCMJ. That is a policy that governs a soldier's actions on or off duty. UMCJ. UCMJ. So in some cases, when a soldier gets in trouble, and this is not all cases because it's dependent on the soldier, but when when soldiers get in trouble, they have an option. Now they can either choose an article 15 or they can choose a court martial. Now so for civilians who have never served in the military, they probably are asking like, what's the difference between the two? Okay. When you get in trouble in a civilian world and you commit a murder or you commit a felony, you go to court, you go to court, you get trialed, you get charged, you serve time. In the military, under UCMJ, there's an Article 15 and there's a court-martial, okay? A court-martial in the military is equivalent to a regular civilian charge. So if I was to get in trouble and I was to do something out in some city based off of a a post that I was a part of and I get a court-martial, anything that I get charged with in that court-martial applies towards what happens to me in the civilian side in that state and federal guidelines. Now, if you choose an Article 15, like some cases have a choice, you can choose between a court-martial and an Article 15. What an Article 15 is, an Article 15 is lesser than a court-martial, but you get judged by military personnel on a military post. So it's it's still a trial, per se, it's still a trial, but it's, it's, it's limited to your military record, doesn't cross over to your civilian side. So you can get charged with the worst thing that you can get charged in an Article 15, and it stays right there. Then you can go back to being a civilian, and you don't have to worry about that ever catching up with you. For my specific in, uh, case, I was given the choice between an Article 15 and a court martial. 
I chose an article 15 because I didn't want anything that happened from this situation to cross over to my civilian side because I had a clean record. Everything that I did was clean. Everything that I did was 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 perfect. So I didn't want any of that any of that nonsense to cross over into my civilian record and taint that and being and having to fight that. I kept it in the civilian. I kept it on the military side. But like some people are probably going to ask you, doesn't the military have their own justice system? They do, but the military justice system is still governed by Congress. And Congress still operate off amendments. And when your amendments are violated, that is where the problem comes in. And that's why the LGBTQ community had such a big movement in the military when they repelled the don't ask, don't tell policy is because it infringed on their first amendment policies. That's why when the civilian world catches up to stuff that's happening in the military, like soldiers being raped and killed overseas and stuff, and it becomes a big uproar is because somebody has died and somebody's amendments have been violated. Amendments are regulated by Congress, not by an Article 15 and not by the military. And when you talk about musical expression, that falls under the first amendment rights that you have as just being a, a, a human born in this country. And so with that being said, I took that. And I released that to the media because with, with me being charged in the military, that's no different from any other crime, you know what I'm saying, that has happened uh, against somebody, you know what I'm saying, for uh, violating their rights. And I thought that the American public should have a right to be able to see what is happening with me right now in this country in 2021. So what was their argument? So your argument obviously is that this is your this is free expression as governed by you know the constitution and as governed by the bill of rights that you can do what you've been doing. What's their opposing position? They didn't have one. Uh, the the base commander and the brigade commander which for people who don't know who a brigade commander is, he's pretty much in charge of like a whole bunch of companies, which is in charge of like maybe five to 600 people on a, on a, on a military post. Um, they overruled my lawyer's argument and they overruled my debate about my first amendment rights being violated uh, just solely based off of their rank in the position that they held at the time. Uh, thinking that that was going to be the end of it, you know, it go on my military record. I write it off. It's in my record. I'll get kicked out and I'll move on with my life. Not knowing that, um, I know what I'm talking about. Not, not, not only because I'm a military officer, but because I'm also a criminal justice major. You know, I went to Columbus State University in Columbus, Georgia, and I got my degree in criminal justice. I know, you know, somewhat what I'm able to do and what I'm not able to do. So what was the uh, outcome? What was the outcome? So they, they, they rule, you put your case forward, they outrank you. So they just go, no, no, no. They uphold the charges. What's, what's the outcome and what do you do next? So the outcome was like, even when the decision came was like, yes, we're going to charge you with 
conduct unbecoming of an officer and we're going to charge you with publicly a, a, a appearing in a music video that brought discredit upon yourself and you refused to move remove your music video off of off of the internet when you were given a direct order they gave me those charges i could have said okay and accept it and move on and i took that article 15 and took it to what we call in the military the public affairs office and had it publicly redacted from all information that had individuals that had something to do with it and i had it released to the public they had that tied into my military record and attempted to give me a dishonorable discharge or excuse me other than honorable discharge which if you're in the military that's pretty much equivalent to a dishonorable discharge because you don't get all your benefits okay and then when so they wanted happened, to discharge you for that immediately oh yeah they, yeah they tried they tried to push for that Def, most definitely yeah they tried to push for that matter of fact they tried to expedite it and try to take my pay and try to deny me medical services uh just to try to help and hurry to get me out of the military because of that uh and so this is happen, only relating to those charges no other charges so like the 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 issue that i have like with the unit that i'm part of is because they are a racially biased uh unit which is going to be part of part of the book that i have that's coming out uh which i didn't want to i didn't want to bear too much on people with with the issues that are part of that unit but there is some there is some definite racial issues that are not brought up to the highlighted community in this country that I wanted to bring out. But one part that I could bring up specifically that would definitely target what I'm talking about that would trigger, you know, saying that aspect is the fact that I was targeted for my music. So that is another part. That is another part. But that's another part that's going to come out at a later story. But I wanted the American people to focus on what is right and what is wrong which is this this specific portion of the music part because that's going to open the door to get everything else investigated which we have we have documents and we have everything that is together that kind of that's going to that kind of paints that whole story so i see what you i see what you're saying with that but for this specific incident this was definitely just about uh the type of music and and the racial bias that came into it and so out of interest, what was, do you remember what the race was of the people making the decision? I'm sure that's a question you probably get asked as well. Or was that, was it, do you think that comes from way above in terms of mil military politics? White. He's white. Caucasian, white. That. I mean that's as simple as as it's so because this is this is so weird to me because I'm I'm obviously white as well but it's so weird because like I just I just don't get it you know what I mean like it doesn't make sense to me that like as you're as you're telling me I I don't understand what the big deal is you know what I mean because you're right that hip hop is a part of you know American culture it's the biggest genre of music it's the fastest growing genre of music. And it was born in the United States. So I don't, so I, it, it's weird because I don't really understand the argument that they're claiming, or I don't really understand the, what you did quote unquote wrong or what, 
purely because I mean, you've been, it's not like you're in the military for one year. I mean, you've been in the military for 15 years before this happened. So it just, it almost sounds, you know, made up in a way. Right. It, it, it would be crazy because like even the veterans special that I did on veterans day, you know, you had a veteran that was speaking on there as I was talking, he was looking up some stuff on his computer and he was like, I don't see where the military has ever discriminated against people in the military making hip hop music in the military. I don't know what situation is different with yours. I told him the army is not the problem. Even though the army is the root of the problem, the military would be the root of the problem. It's the people that are in charge of you in the military. But you can't get to the root of the problem until you get to the head. I can't combat this situation by going head to head with somebody who's in charge of me. I got to go to the source because the source is going to be is going to be the entity that's going to be able to implement change that's going to be able to help everybody in the long run. I can go toe for toe with him and not get, not get anywhere because he outranks me. But in order for me to be able to make change for somebody in the future, I got to go beyond this situation that I'm going through. I have to go to the source. If I don't go to the source, it'll never change. And somebody else is going to eventually end up having to go through this and trying to chase this road that I'm going down to for, you know, saying uh, country change across the United States of America. And I'm, and, and I'm willing to do that, I'm willing to put my life on the line for that. I already went to war, I put my life on the line for a war that I didn't even fully understand and could have died. So, of course, I put my, line, my life on the line for a war that I know what I'm fighting for. So let me ask you this. How... How do you think the past 12 months has affected the military? Because obviously we've seen a lot of activism. We've seen a lot of, you know, events in the civilian world and a lot of, you know, protest Black Lives Matter. The past 12 months has been a really positive 12 months for people's liberties, for, you know, the world to kind of, you know, step up and do better. But how has that translated into the military, because I feel like we really don't hear at all about, you know, these things when it comes to the military side. Scared. They're scared. They're scared. When Donald Trump took office in the United States, it, 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 it opened a lens for the United States. Uh, Donald Trump didn't make America racist. Donald Trump just held a platform that, that let, uh, a racist be able to express himself openly. And when that happened, the military tried their hardest to distance themselves from the United, from the president of the United States because they already knew Donald Trump is only going to be in office for one term. They already knew he was probably going to lose that battle to, you know, say and be reelected. But the military is going to be part of an institution in the United States forever. So when Donald Trump had his antics going in the United States, the military tried their hardest to distance themselves from that administration, try to let the American people know, hey, we support diversity. We support minorities and we support everything that this country stands for. Be you. Be great. One hundred but that's not the truth. That is not the truth. 
But best way to take the microscope off of you uh, when there's some stuff that's going down in this country is to highlight somebody else's failures. The military did that with Donald Trump. Uh, look, look at this man right here. He's doing a whole bunch of stuff that we don't agree with. But we, however, we're your friend. Like we're we're going to be able to support you. We're going to do everything that we got to do to make sure that you and your family are taken care of. You know, all of the while, misdirection and smoke and mirrors is to take the attention off of what is really happening here in the military, which this is just another style of suppression, you know, on a different level, on a more subtle level, I guess that you could say. And so with that being said, then you have me. You have me, the individual that is willing to put everything that I've earned and everything that I love on the line to be able to expose uh, the big police for what they are and be able to show the American people, hey, look, listen, when Donald Trump was tear gassing y'all, when he was trying to get his Bible photo op in front of the White House, your boy Von T, Captain U.S. Soldier Active Duty, had a Black Lives Matter mask on fighting for y'all's rights, letting everybody know in America, hey, we're equal, man. Like we stand as one I'm not with that. I'm not trying to stop y'all or suppress y'all like I'm here fighting with y'all. And that's what I want everybody to know about me specifically is this soldier right here has been a soldier from day one, not a soldier to Donald Trump, but a soldier to America and what I thought that I believed in. And I hope that we can get back there. I agree. In a weird way, I look at the presidency of Donald Trump and I'm like, the positive to come out of it is that people were openly racist and we can see those people for who they are the the problem that that with like you know they're they're underground and so you don't know who is but it almost brought them all to the surface and it was like oh shit this is a real problem you know we this is something we got to deal with and so you know it's it's a horrible way to look at it's it's horrible that it's a problem that we all have to deal with but it brought those people back and it's like, okay, I actually see now that you can't hide this problem anymore. Now we got to take a, a firm stand. Now we got to actually step up and do something about it because I felt like before it was just festering under the surface and it was like ignorance is bliss. Right. Correct. That is, that is absolutely correct. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I don't, I don't fault. Donald Trump for being Donald Trump. He's ignorant. He's uneducated. He's rich. He's white. He's smart. I get that. That's that's times a million in America. Uh, but what I can fault is uh, the individuals that bought into that 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 had them openly um, show their racism in America. And in in retrospect, I kind of appreciate it. You know, it kind of opened a lot of people's eyes as to what this country really is. You know what I'm saying? So uh, Donald Trump didn't make America racist. He did not. He just he just he just gave a platform uh, that kind of just let the American people express themselves openly. He is he he at the time when he was he was elected was definitely the face of what America was. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think, you know, in a weird way, it was like you go, you step, 
take a step back so you can take two steps forward. And, and like the presidency, like I'll make it really clear. He did a horrible job being in office. I just want to make that. And that's purely from my perspective, looking from the outside in, he did not do a good job for uniting the country. He didn't. At no point did I ever feel, you know, and then COVID hits. And if there's ever a time to have united country, it's then. And it just, the opposite happened. Yes. Now it gives us the opportunity to look forward on being like, here is what it exposed. Here is what we saw. We saw the truth because, and the weirdest thing is it's on the back of the Barack Obama presidency, which was a huge, huge moment for the United States, huge moment for the world in terms of progress that was being taken. And then all of a sudden we just went so far back. It was just such a strange period of time that, that now we had, you know, Hillary, who was being in politics for a long time, Donald Trump, who can't probably spell politics, going for <laughs> it. And it's like just a weird, just, I don't know, it was just so weird to observe <laughs> from the outside looking in. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you pretty much like hit that, like, right on, right, like nail on, you know what I'm saying, nail on the head. But, it, you know, even with, even with the, uh, even with the administration that we have in office now, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not great. You know what I'm saying? It's not great. It's, it, it, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a, 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 a popular, I guess what you would say, like a popular opinion, you know what I'm saying? Like a landslide win just because yeah, we love you guys, but we were just ready for something different. We were ready for something different to try to see if we can make this country better than where it was currently at and i think that's why they decided to give the democrats a shot again you know saying that at what we're going through right now and keeping in mind you know i had even reached out to the georgia congress you know saying on my situation they did investigate the military uh you know i did reach out to the uh the senator both senators of georgia you know, to have them look into it. So like that, like this situation is way bigger. Anything that people can think that, that man, this situation is big. Like, no, it's, it's bigger than what people may think. This situation is huge right now. And it is growing by leaps and bounds. And when this petition drops uh, and people are able to like really go to it and sign onto it, they're not going to be signing on because they care about me, the artist, Von T. They're going to be signing on because they really want to see change in people that they see that have potential and what they can be in this country. Because that's what we're operating off of, what we can be, not what we are right now. So let me ask you this. What's the goal? Let's say I, I speak to you in like, let's say it's 10 years time and we're like, you achieved what you wanted to achieve. What's the ultimate goal? What's the, how do you know you would have achieved success? Because I understand the petition, but like, and as you said, it comes from the very top, it comes from Congress. So do you have policies that you're wanting to change or where does that come into it? Right. There is policies that I want to change. You know, if I could see what, what the, the LGBTQ community can do with their movement and repelling the don't ask, don't tell policy within the government and within Congress and serving in the military. 
then I, I have huge hope and faith that my movement will be able to create change um, in your musical expression. I'm not trying to change the world, even though if this, if this movement hits the right way, I possibly could, I possibly can, you know, lead the charge in changing the world. I could, you know, with this, uh, because music drives everything, everything that we do in this world. But that's not, that's definitely not my goal. Uh, but my goal is to make it a safe spot and place in at least the United States uh, that a soldier, somebody who has raised their right hand and served their country honorably uh, can be able to make music and champion where they come from in this culture, uh, from whatever background that they come from, whether you want to make Irish music, you know, I'm saying English music, American music, African music, any kind of music, you know, I'm saying if you raise your right hand to serve in a country that which we call the United States of America, not one, this is united from around the world. We're, we're, this is united. All these states in America, like we come together as one. You know what I'm saying? If you can raise your hand, to say, I serve this country. I'll put my life and everything that I have lived up to this point on the line for this country. Uh, then I feel like you should have a right to express your culture and where you come from as long as it is not infringing on anybody's rights or anybody's are not endangering anyone or promoting or are, you know, saying killing anybody or anything like that. You should definitely be able to promote um, where you come from in this culture. So for me, it ends when there's change. It, it, it's definitely not going to end with somebody trying to write me off. You know what I'm saying? It's going to definitely end. I, I feel like the end state for me would be change. I want to see change, and that's what I'm fighting for. I'm fighting for change. Not for me. I'm getting out. My career is already on the way. I got a lot of stuff that's that 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 is uh that is in the works for 2022. I've had an awesome, awesome fucking career, uh, musically and entertainment wise, moving forward from that incident and going forward, you know, moving forward. But uh, if I can help another artist or another person who is a creative mind, you know, saying be able to express themselves freely in this country and serving in the military without having to go through what I went through. Um, and promote change within Congress and drop it down to the lower levels. That's what I'm fighting for. Well, I think it's definitely a good fight to be fighting for because I'm, if you look at through history, every dictator or dictatorship, the first thing they stop is creative expression because creative expression is the freedom of thought and it allows you to share new ideas. So if you look like literally any history book of any dictator, the first thing they stop is creative expression because it is thought provoking and doesn't even have to be thought provoking. Like you said, the things you were talking about in that song that was picked up by world star was not anything to do with the military. It wasn't anything to do with political views. It was just a form of expression. So I'm a big advocate. Obviously I'm a big advocate for hip hop uh, considering that, all I do is talk to hip hop artists, but 
um, you know, I think you've got a really interesting story and we barely touched on your musical journey, let alone all I was asking you was about your, your military career. But in terms of 2022, what have you got on the plans? What's, what's coming out? What have you got in terms of sneak peeks for us? Right. So, I mean, like most of the fans that already follow me, they already know, like, you know, saying I already dropped the track with Ty Dolla Sign, you know, called Whip. That's out right now. Um, 2022 has a lot of highlights, you know, unfortunate for the Travis Scott situation that's going on right now. I hope that me and him is still able to work on the track that we were working on that we had in the works for over a year. I hope that I can drop that Travis Scott track and he, he bounced back from this Astral World incident that was going on there. Um, but then moving forward with my own personal movement with, with my symbiotic and CPTV and vibration frequencies and G-Man Entertainment, like we got um, some tracks that are dropping in 2022 that's got a couple of Grammy, nom- uh, a Grammy winning, not nominated, Grammy winning artists that are going to be on there. Uh, and then just moving forward, like, uh, you know, I just had a conversation on Instagram with DC Youngfly. People who don't know who DC Youngfly is, he's he's uh he's one of the members of a Wildin' Out. I had a, a conversation with him. We're gonna be probably moving forward. We're working on some stuff in the 2022. Uh, we're still massaging that relationship and making sure that that works out. But but definitely like the helmet artist, uh, Von T man, like like the movements that I have that's going on. I definitely couldn't do it without you know like the people who support me and the fans and everything like that, that share and support everything that I'm doing. There's a lot of new hot music that's coming. I'm involved in acting. Uh, There's a series that's out right now called Betrayal. You know, I'm getting my IMDB up, you know what I'm saying? Working on acting as well, doing my acting bit and still doing my music bit. I'm on a tour status right now. Uh, I got a trip coming up here to Louisiana on the 20th. And then, um, you know, in December, I'll be in South Carolina and in, in Texas it, hitting these tours up and these shows. So, yeah, it's a lot of stuff that's going on. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just blessed to be here on your platform today and be able to just take the time out to be able to talk to you about everything that is going on. But there's a lot of big, big stuff and bigger stuff that's probably going to happen in 2022 that I can't even see yet. Well, when that happens, we'll have to have you back on to actually talk about your musical career because I feel like this is almost like a, a one of two parts. We've talked about the military. It's time to talk about the music. But, you know, I only have one more question for you, and it's going to be the hardest question that I've asked. And we've touched on some some pretty important topics, but this is the one that gets everybody, and it, and it's simple as this. If you had to recommend one album that everybody listens to at least once to get an appreciation of, can't be your own music, obviously, can be any genre, what would it be? It would be mine. It would and be you music can't do yours. Kids. That's the one. Can't one do, you can't. I can't do mine. Nope. Because every artist would promote their own music. I know because that's all I would do. <laughs> well, if I had to pick one album, I don't even know if I can pick one because it was really, it was really genius of what Drake did with Certified Lover Boy. I would, I would say, I would say Donda. Just because Donda's behind the curve when it comes to Certified Lover Boy, if you had to pick an album, I'd say Donda, because what Drake and Kanye West kind of did with that was they kind of just 
they kind of played off of each other's momentum and being able to build up what they got going on right now with the whole Donda CLB thing. And I would say that I really, that, that I mean, being able to, you know, the 48 laws of power, like I really feel like they, they really just capitalized on what that really means and being able to capitalize off of people talking about one thing as opposed to another, because there was a lot of people who dropped albums at the same time that Drake and Kanye West dropped, uh, but that was all that you heard about was Certified Lover Boy and Donda. So I would definitely say Donda. Don, even though I'm not particularly a fan of Kanye West, even though I think he's got a lot of good tracks that are out there, I'm not a particular fan of Kanye. I think that his album Donda is still a pretty good album. And I think that uh, where he's going at, as far as his headset goes, you know what I'm saying? I think he's got, he, he's on the one. So I would definitely say Donda. There you go. Didn't expect a 2021 album. Everybody says, you know, old albums that they love, but that's a first. Um, also, I mean, from my perspective, I think King's Disease 2 by Nas was underrated this year. I think that that piece was unreal. I think he got... I think, you know, Buster Rhymes dropped his album in January and then everyone was talking about the Kanye and the Drake release, but no one really spoke about Nas. I feel like it went under the radar a little bit, but I feel like when people go back to listen to it, it is like he's doing his rapidly rap on like new school beats and they're catchy and he's got the right features. Lauren Hill is on there. Eminem is on there. He, ca- right. he killed that. Right. I, 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 I listened to a couple of his his tracks on that one. I might have to go back through and just, you know what I'm saying, recycle the track real time, you know what I'm saying, listen to all of them. But, uh, but yeah, that's where I'm at with it. <laughs> well, there you go, Von T coming through. Obviously, make sure you check him out on Spotify, iTunes. Make sure you take, check him out on Instagram. He's always posting stuff. YouTube as well. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what, what you do. Honestly, I'm excited to see what you do in terms of your music career. I'm excited to see what you do in terms of your activism and everything that you're fighting for. But man, is there anything else you wanted to shout out? Anything else you wanted to plug before we finish up? Yeah. So like, even though I couldn't promote my last, you know what I'm saying? My, my, my album on your last question, like I do want people to check out my album music is man. That's out and dropped in April. You can follow me on all social media platforms at K-O-V-U-1278, or you can type in V-O-N dash T. Don't forget the dash, man. I'm on every platform that's out there. And I'm talking about everything. I mean, everything or not. You know, it's up to you. You can check me out or not. Like, you know what I'm saying? The movement is underway, but I still appreciate being on this platform tonight. I appreciate you having me on. I'm very humbled to be part of the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man. And I appreciate you having me. And for anyone who listens, who was inspired by the story, reach out, obviously let him know. Anyone who wants to support, let him know. And you know what? If you've got a differing opinion, you can let me know as well. I don't mind. Whatever you want to say, I, I let, let us know. But, man, I, I loved hearing about, you know, what you're going through in terms of your journey. And, you know, it was my pleasure to have you on. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. And definitely we will have to tap in. Uh, definitely if you want to know anything more about uh, the musical side of what I'm going through, that's a whole separate issue from military stuff. I feel like there's there's like two different people who are working inside my head over here and everything like that. But yeah, like I would love to like sit down and talk to you about like a lot of the musical stuff and everything that's going on with that. 
You know what I'm saying? So yeah, if I can get back on your show, like I appreciate it. Well, here's my incentive. You'll have to do a tour in Australia and then you can come and see me face to face. <laughs> it's on the way. I'm already I'm already booked for shows in Africa and Indonesia, man. So I'm already before COVID hit, I was already on my way to get ready to go over there. So I already got my passport ready. You know what I'm saying? But as soon as this COVID stuff lightens up, you know, Indonesia and Africa I'm on my way and then I shoot over there to you and see what's up. Well, we we are not far away from Indonesia. We're not too far. So just take a quick detour and just just yeah. come through. Straight up. Straight up. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news. Also, don't forget to check out my Patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show. Bye for now.